0: Hey, this is Jack from Brook Royal, and you are listening to the Blues Hockey Podcast. Let's go,
1: Blues! Things are not great. They are blue. Mm-hmm. They said, they we, said, couldn't we, said, we, said we couldn't be here. here. Look nervous. Look nervous. The Blues take it over. Two on one, and the shoot score. Welcome back to the Blues Hockey Podcast. Your host Jason, and we have a bit of a change of pace this week. Chris is on assignment slash New York, doing some kind of rock band thing, whatever the hell he's doing this week. So knows I, what Chris I does no one, yeah, knows. no. So I have my friend uh, Justin the fill-in this week.
0: It's has been on.
1: You've been on before. To I have my been knowledge. on before. It's been a the couple early year. goings. Yeah, the early goings. Yeah, of uh the podcast. So and you've been wanting to come on. So luckily Chris. Uh, Chris was unavailable. <laughs> Luckily. Thanks, Chris. Luckily. So, well, we always keep it like two, you know, and also you have a very busy schedule as well. Cause you got others, you have a podcast as well. So, but life, anyway, life and things. Correct. So last time that we came to you guys, it was the beginning of the shark series and everybody blues had the amazing game of seven win Pat Maroon floor hockey legend. And now St. Louis blue legend. And yeah. with the game winner, So, Blues move on to face San Jose Sharks, and the Blues do not have home ice, which, for the first time in probably years, I don't know how you feel about this, Justin. Is I, I really don't care. Yeah, I know it doesn't seem to matter, uh, just overall
0: in the NHL right now. But for the Blues specifically, yeah, it didn't really matter to me.
1: Yeah, they have uh, right now. They are before this year. They are uh, five and two, and then three and I think two and three and four, and at home. So it's kind of ridiculous on how good they've been at home or how okay they've been at home and how good they've been on the road. Yeah, it's so, kind of
0: a mystery, and that's kind of the thing. I don't think anybody can figure out about this team as to why, what's the difference. It's kind of um, like that
1: for a couple of years too, which is the yeah. weird thing. Like They haven't been really great at home in the playoffs for the last couple of times they've been in the playoffs, honestly. Even that year where they went to the conference finals, they were kind of hit and miss. They are kind of 500 at home pretty much and did better on the road. So I don't know. And so, Like I said, hockey and stuff. So we can't blame Jake Allen anymore. Correct. And that's the other thing too. So blues riding high going into the series down to their final four is facing the San Jose sharks who la- they last faced in the conference finals in 2016 and the blues lost in six games four to two, which by, by the that, way, by the way, if I can stop you for a
0: second, I think that perfect. we all just need to take a pause, which I'm sure most people have and just um appreciate the fact that we're even here. And I'm not, I'm not a, uh, oh, we should celebrate the fact that we're here and that's all we should do. Like, it's all gravy. I don't necessarily buy into that because I think the talent on this team should have gotten you, you know, into the playoffs at the very least. Yeah. Um. But we should recognize how fortunate we are given where we were in the uh, beginning of January, as everyone likes to say.
1: Uh, yeah, where January we were, 3rd, they were in the last place, you know. And uh, gotten this far, like like we kind of said, uh, Chris has kind of said, since after winning the first round, you're on house money pretty much at this point. You're, I agree. You know, I, like we said, we all expect them to make the playoffs. If you rewind to October when, or even, let's say, even mid-July, by the time they sign, let's say the time I signed Pat Maroon. Uh, excuse me, floor hockey legend, St. Louis legend Pat Maroon. And uh, everybody kind of thought this team was built to <laughs> do well in the playoffs and go get at least second round, possibly further. Even Stanley cup, like aspirations, even though we had a tough uh, central division ahead of us. And here we are. So the blues face San Jose game one comes around. Um, not exactly the way we drew it
0: up. Not the, it's not the way anyone drew anything up ever. Yeah. So um,
1: it seems like everyone, like every time the blues kind of have a, one of these games, they have won every series so far. They had one in Dallas. They had uh they had one on the Winnipeg series where you just got steamrolled. And it was game three. It was game three in the Winnipeg series. And I believe it was game. I guess you could say game five really of the Dallas series where I thought they really didn't look like the, you know, the score was close. They didn't really look like they're ready to right. play
0: where they got totally outplayed. There's been one game in every series where there's been, because most of them have been basically one to two goal games with the occasional, you know, turd thrown in there, which they, yeah. they seem to have. And I, it's kind of a mystery to me with the, that's the one concern I have about this team, I guess is the inconsistency. Mm. Uh, even just from period to period uh it, like last night and we'll get into that in a little bit um where they were so dominant in the second period after having come out and looking like they hadn't played hockey before in the first period and you just wonder like where is that and why does that still occur but you know that's yeah. for the guys that get paid more money than us to figure out
1: yeah so the blues coming to this one I, and we talked about this last series where the I think I think the majority. There are still some people picking the Blues, but majority outside of St. Louis, you're looking at San Jose and the San Jose and the narrative in the San Jose is just a win one for Joe Thornton and that's why that's, why why is that he, the thing? He, he's old and he has a beard. Whatever. That's Maybe
0: one for Joe Thornton. Get
1: out of here. And obviously in St. Louis, we were very sensitive to that due to uh, a him being being uh, knocking us out in 2016, but All the main reason is you're, him you're, taking you're out
0: pun, fun it Pun. Yeah. Knocking him out, knocking us out and Perron out. Yeah. And Perron had, losing
1: a hundred games of his, of his career. I to, had totally
0: forgotten that it happened until uh, our buddy uh, Jim posted that on Facebook the other day. I'd totally forgotten that that even happened. And he, uh,
1: yeah, he lost almost a hundred yeah. games of his career you know, to that hit. And that's something that blues fans don't forget. And uh, they, I, on social media is let the NHL, every time they post something about Joe Thornton, they make sure they uh, let them know about what he did. So excellent. Mind you, he also got suspended in uh, round one for our uh, cross-checking uh, high on Thomas Nosek of the uh, uh, Vegas Golden Knights. So, I mean, it's not like this guy's like, cleaned it up or whatever. I mean, he's had a history of dirty plays.
0: That's a if, lesson is what you're saying.
1: Pretty much. So, game one comes around, and like we said, the Blues really didn't look like they are coming out that well. I mean, they kept it close in the first period. I mean, uh, Logan Couture has had an amazing playoffs, and every time I see him score, it kind of disappoints me because that's the – Guy the Blues targeted, yeah, uh, and they tried to the trade up, but uh, San Jose beat them to the punch and took Ochoa, and we got Lars Eller. So, <laughs> I mean, how's that going? Not great. So, I mean, it, so Couture gets an early goal, Edmondson ties it, but Pavelski gets one on the power play. So, um, but not great. The Blues are still in it though. Uh, early on the second, the bank makes it three to one after he cuts to the middle and sneaks one past Jake Allen. This is one where the defense wasn't great, and I think Bennyson was under siege. Did Jake Allen
0: jump into the middle of this game? Yeah. Did he beat up Bo Meester in the yeah. locker room and steal his jersey? So, so Bo Meester. My whole thing with this game, right, uh, is that it was an entire game, if you're a Blues fan, where you're like, okay. we, And pretty much this whole series has been when San Jose has scored, there's been very few things that where they've just created their own opportunity. It's either off some stupid thing that we do, like, you know, you know, giving it up at the Blues, turnovers. Or like, and, yeah. Or that play in particular where, you know, Bomeister got it bounced off of Dunn's skate later in that game. I just think that if the self-imposed uh, issues from us have really allowed the Sharks to stay in it, not so much the Sharks
1: outplaying the Blues at all, in my opinion. Yeah, I think in the first period, this is I think if we go through the rest of these goals, like the, the big one would that killed me. Like uh, I think your favorite thing is due to your other love in life is the Detroit Lions is a yep. s- soul murder. Oh man, was the uh, uh, Colton Perico turnover where he had the puck and was just skating and then literally inches from the blue line gets poke checked and Timo Meyer, mind you, pretty awesome move, but beats Bomeister, who was kind of caught flat footed due to you know Perico kind of hauling uh-huh. up the up the right side and. Meyer gets two goals in this the second period. O'Reilly does get the one back after the Lebanc goal, but the Blues right now not looking great at five to two, and not much better. Todd Bozak makes it close five to three. Logan Couture ends at seventeen forty makes it 6-3, and that's how this one ends. So the Blues lay an egg to start, and not a good start uh, here. So overall, kind of you already kind of touched on it. So this game, hopefully, the Blues have done a really good job of putting something past them once it's happened which yep. which we're going to talk about quite a bit coming up in game 3 here. <laughs> uh, so 6 to 3 to the final. Any final thoughts on this game? I mean this is pretty much one of those where nothing went right. The blues yep. looked sloppy. Right. Nothing I mean the only positive is O'Reilly got a goal. Um Because <laughs> he, really right. yeah, he wasn't scoring really was scoring right. yet so he got a goal so hopefully it gets him going. Perron was on the assist. That lineup Perron O'Reilly and Blay was the only kind of thing really kind of halfway working yep. outside the fourth line. Yeah, um, I don't know. my My opinion on that game is that we it's not.
0: Again, I don't feel like we've gotten outplayed in any one game as a whole. I think that we have shot ourselves in the foot. I think that San Jose has enough talent to capitalize on that when you when you make mistakes. I think that the Blues overall have more or less outplayed the Sharks. But I think we've made enough mistakes to keep the Sharks in it because the Sharks can – they do have the talent to capitalize on all your mistakes and make you pay for them. And so reducing those is going to be key and has been in all the victories you've seen where the Blues have tightened things up and been more consistent. And that's really the struggle for this team, I think, is period to period, shift to shift, line to line, consistency on the fundamental things, you know – if you look at the things that they're really struggling out with this series, it's clearing the pluck out of the zone and the power you know, play, leaving guys, leaving yeah, the power play, uh, leaving guys open or not moving guys out of your crease, just stupid stuff like that, or just getting caught flat footed, and that's just mental stuff, you know. And when you see a Petrangelo or Dunn or Edmondson for the 500th time, clear it out, but don't clear it hard enough to get it out of the zone. It is just super frustrating. But uh, the other thing on the flip side of that is that this team, for whatever reason, and I, I give all the credit to Berube, because um, you can see the shift here in just the mental game for them is they do bounce back and they do uh, recover quickly. And in historically, with the Blues, for sure, there's been this uh, imminent collapse feeling that you would get around mm-hmm. the team, especially in the playoffs. And I just haven't felt that with this team since he took over. And a lot of it has to do, I think, they had that long streak where Bennington didn't lose back-to-back games. And I think he's been a huge part of it. So, you know, again, I chalk this game up more to the Blues doing dumbass stuff to themselves and the Sharks having the skills to take advantage of it than the Blues just really getting
1: outplayed. Yes. And I a hundred percent agree. So I'll make my, that's my short one of it. It These took the words out of my mouth pretty much. It's how the blues pretty much have been pretty much how the blues have been this whole playoffs. Every time they're, you think they're down, especially in that Dallas when the game five, when it kind of laid an egg, like I wasn't happy with the way the game went. But I kind of thought like, you know what? I'm not worried going to game six because I think we can bring it back. And then they want to bring it back. And then obviously that tremendous game seven. So this team as well as things where, like, they, I think they have enough confidence in each other that and enough, like, you know, they're very th- th- tight knit room now. I think that I think Barube's done a good job of like kind of the divided locker room, kind of bringing it together. Yep, at least enough to coexist for this uh, run. So, and obviously, Bennington has been a huge part of that. Even though I believe in this series, I think he's been good but not great. So, hopefully, if he can get the next back to being that great, I think that's uh, that might be the main thing to help. Uh, flip this series in, uh, in the Blues' favor uh, after game three. So game two comes around. Uh, I think one of the main keys everybody talked about is getting on the board early and getting at least getting pressure early, and they do. Jane Schwartz gets a goal, goes top shelf on uh, Martin Jones, and I, and I think the thing is I kind of said online and I said via text to people, I said anytime you play the Sharks, you know you're going to be in the game because Martin Jones is a net. Yeah. And I've never been impressed with him and he yeah. showed it in game 3, mind you. Came back and made some really nice saves in game 3 which we'll talk about. But I think that second period where the Blazers were on a roll, I mean, you can see why I believe in that.
0: Yeah. So I mean, Martin Jones is a capable goaltender. He's and a J he's a
1: Jake on the West Coast as well. I
0: think. Right. I think he's a capable goaltender but you can see he's got he's not going to win you a game or steal you a game. That's he's not that guy.
1: Yeah, in my opinion. So James Schwartz gets the early one off a uh, Tarasenko. Do you want to say it was a uh, he tried to shoot it and it just went James Schwartz direction, or do you think he, do you think he made a slick pass? Thoughts? <laughs> I think uh, it was. He looked like he was shooting from the way yeah, uh, the way he got
0: Tarasenko was probably shooting.
1: Yeah, and luckily we the James Schwartz, and the, for some reason all the sharks backed off our leading goal scorer, and he goes top shelf on Martin Jones, who as of going into game three, I don't know the stats now, he had a sub 800 save percentage on his Whoa. glove side. Wow, which. If you're in the 900 range, that's not great. No. But when you're a sub 800, you know, that's where you need to go.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. I did not know that. That's a hell
1: of a stat there. There. So Schwartz on early. Vince Dunn gets another shot from the point off a nice screen in front. O'Reilly gets a point here and breaks the franchise record for most consecutive road points in the playoffs, beating guys like, you know, Wayne Gretzky, Brett Hall. Well, I think Alvin was another one. Wayne so, you know,
0: wasn't here very long.
1: Had one playoff series, but yet he <laughs> broke the record, which tells you something. Exactly. So in this in this series, oh man. This series of events right here. The blues uh-huh. get the power play. And after this is right after Vince Dunn uh, scores. The Blues ha- I have a chance. I'm like, man, you get a goal here. It's gonna it's gonna be a real goal long way of making this game a lot harder for the sharks to come back in. Mm-hmm. Alex Trangelo on the point uh-huh. has the puck. All I, and the thing is, if you watch the replay again and see like the full view of the ice, if he lifts that puck over, looks your stick. Um, Schwartz is on the left side with nobody over there. Yeah. He could have walked into the face off dot pretty easily and had a really good shot, but he I, doesn't lift the puck.
0: I think that's what he was thinking. They didn't lift the puck. <laughs> here's the other thing he didn't do. He uh, did not look in the general direction of the play before he uh, threw the puck
1: that way. Which <laughs> is a thing that a lot, it seems like, I don't know if it's an NHL thing. I have to watch, like, I watch the Blues defense, obviously, the most for the stuff like that, but maybe other defenses do that as well. But and the Blues uh, defense does that quite a bit.
0: Yeah. Petra Angelo, because, you know, I played a lot of hockey just up through middle school, and you know it's one of these things. Like when you're the only thing they ever teach you, it's like the first thing they tell you is don't, don't throw it in front of your net. And he is one of these guys that he's he never does it wrong, it never goes wrong, but it gives me a heart attack every time. He he is one of these guys that will pass it across the slot in yeah. front of our net. It makes me insane. Like I just have like a mini heart attack every time he does it. And he, for whatever reason, will do these passes where it's like he's sort of looking in the general direction, just kind of chucks it over there. Mm -hmm. Very similar to Tarasenko, who does a lot of that. Um, Just really hoping that he's going to power it through whoever is over there. But yeah, this play was just maddening because even when they talked about it on the radio the next day, they were just like, all you have to do. He's like, defense 101, when you are in that position, you chuck it around the boards, if nothing else. But you never throw it out to the middle of the ice without it. Especially without looking in that direction. You know, it's one thing if he looked up and just didn't see him, but to not even look and just throw it over there on the it's just unacceptable.
1: Yes, and then leads to Logan Couture get a pretty much a breakaway on Trangula who's trying to keep up with him. And Couture goes uh I believe it goes five hole on Jordan yes. Bennington who didn't make the savior. Been really good on breakaways too. That's the thing is like I was kinda like, Okay, stop this compared to when you and this is I'm not we're not true. I mean, I know you're not a massive fan of Jake Allen, but like um every time Jake Allen had a had a breakaway, you're like that's in. There's no shot. Yeah. No yeah. So shot. This, and Jordan Banton has done a really good job of that really hasn't happened too often. And unfortunately, Loncochure scores here, his twelfth unassisted. And then the power play is killed, and mm-hmm. then literally seconds after it that happens, Loncouture has the puck again. And this is probably the weakest goal of the playoffs for Jordan Bennington, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, goes five on Jordan Bennington, he knew it too. His head went up and he showed emotion. Yeah you know, you can yeah, tell yeah. he said something to himself after that because he knew he should have had that.
0: Yeah, that was one of the times where, you know, he's been the you know, the coolest guy in the room and you know, do I look nervous guy? But that play was one of the few plays where you saw him like honestly start showing some emotion and being like super frustrated with I, himself mostly but I think just the way that game was going overall and the, the way those two plays occurred because that play also occurred off another turnover and also uh, newsflash Petrangelo was you know the guy covering him and yeah. couldn't get back to make the play um, yeah. and I think the, the biggest takeaway for me is that Logan Couture would not be so insufferable if he didn't celebrate the way he celebrates which I don't mind that at all don't get me wrong I don't mind if mm. you're a guy who wants to pump the fist and do the whole thing. But as the opponent, it is maddening to see a guy be that guy, you know? Yeah. And know. just like, you know, doing the waving his fingers. Come on, come on. You know, just oh, oh. Every time he does it, it makes me insane. He just he's that guy. Like you see him and he's like that guy that you just
1: want to punch in the face. Correct. Yeah. It- and he's real good, which just sucks too, because like it's different, it's different if he's like was it like a bad player doing right. that or like a guy who gets maybe one or two goals a year or you yep. know a ten goal score, but he's actually really done doing really good in his playoffs and it's just like maddening on how well he's doing. So he ties it real quick and the momentum shifts to San Jose and Bennington makes some good saves, but the blues wind up locking it down and having a really good pressure at the end of the period. And Robert out of anybody with this type of goal, Robert Bortuzo off a very nice cycling play by the Blues with Bozak and Edmondson. Edmondson hits Bortuzzo, cutting to the middle. Bortuzzo has a backhand top shelf on Martin Jones, and Blues take the lead near the end of the period. Let's
0: Uh, let's back up here, because as Blues fans, we all know, like, every year but this season, those two goals by Logan Couture are like a backbreaker.
1: And And you you lose this game.
0: It's just a landslide. It's a landslide after that. Historically, that is how this team has been. And I think you cannot say enough about the makeup and the coaching of this team to have Robert Bertuzzo of all people, you know, make a play. And it just shows you the depth and the abilities of really everybody on this level. Because no one's expecting Robert Bertuzzo. I texted somebody and said he ain't scored a goal like that since he was five years old. And nobody, nobody. I mean, the announcers. He looked more
1: surprised than anybody. Yeah, he, he did it. On top of that, like uh, it was funny. I think it was it might have been Milbury or McGuire. They're like, "Oh wow!" Yeah, and they like were like wait, like trying to figure out what to say next. It was kind of <laughs> they kind of had dead air for like a good five to yeah. six seconds, and then they start going and talking about the goal. But Bortuzzo, um, the other funny thing, which we'll mention about this, that the Blues uh, posted on the website. I know. Now, did you see this text exchange between him and uh, Bo Bennett? No, no, I didn't. So, so Bo Bennett uh, was with the Blues briefly about two seasons ago. He signed as a minor minor league deal, or a one year deal, and just played a couple games the Blues and never really took off. And wound up sitting going down to Chicago for most of the year. But him and Bortuzzo are really good friends and grew up and played hockey together. So they were texting back and forth, and I I implore you to go look on this on the Blues' website. Uh, The word "bro" was used quite a bit back and (laughs) forth. it reminded, me of the soft, it reminded me of the South Parkers like the bro down. It reminded me of like that, but they're not fighting. They're just talking to each other like that, where where Bennett basically said, you know, like, I feel like you're going to get something big. And he's like, yeah, me too. I'm going to get a big goal coming up soon. And then <laughs> that was two days ago, and then he wound up getting a big goal. So it was kind of cool they showed that. And they had to delete a couple other words that were in that text, which was I'm funny. Sure. So, but uh, it was pretty good. So Bortuzzo puts the Blues ahead. And in this third period, they lock it down, man. Like yeah. the blues from the middle of the second to about the middle of the third, to be exact 16, 21, 16 minutes and 21 seconds of game time. Yep. Zero shots. The sharks had. Yeah. It was kind of incredible. And I think, uh, I know some people after basically after the look, the Couture goal. So it was about middle of the second yep. when they this started. to so just under, just under the 10 minute mark or just over the 10 minute mark of the second period or third period. So the blues locked down really well. After this, which like you talked about, that's something in the past we haven't seen. No, uh, you haven't seen that at
0: all. And you'd seen quite the opposite. And again, I take it it's coaching and goaltending and knowing that, you know, you got a guy in the goal that is going to make a play more often than he's not, unlike previous years. And you have a guy on the bench and a staff on the bench uh, that has, you know, gotten this team somehow mentally in a place where they can shake it off and that is just unheard of you know in past blues franchises and teams in the playoffs and i think the interesting thing here and they talked a lot about it so I'm certain people have heard it but the big change they made in the third period was um, i think mike van ryan is the coach's name the guy that's in charge of the defense basically yes. said we're switching all this crap up and nobody's playing with their partner anymore and switched all the pairings up and my dad, who is a massive blues fan, and as Jason will attest to, is um, an active amazing. amazing He's amazing a crazy person. Player. Amazing person to watch a game. With. He is. He's very. Uh, he talks the entire time, and he says crazy stuff. It's great. But he texted me, and he was like, "I don't know who that team was. I've never seen that blues team before in my life." <laughs> so when my dad says that, that 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 means a lot. And I, I had to agree with him. They locked it down, and I think them. You know. I think this coaching staff has shown that they will make adjustments um, and I think smart adjustments, which is a key when you make adjustments, not just doing stuff to see if it works, but making adjustments because you see, you know, the Petrangelo thing for whatever reason, whether it was a mental thing, whether it was a matchup thing, whatever it, you got to do something and do something to shake it up, do something to get, you know, some different pairings in there that are maybe going to work and bring out different things and different guys. And I think you saw it just, completely lock down the Sharks which is again why I'm uh, why I'm saying that the Sharks are not outplaying the Blues in this series the Sharks are not better than the Blues uh, they have a immense amount of talent on that team but the Blues I think can defensively lock them down as you've seen you know through in parts of all three of these games you know and this was just a prime example of them locking them down for a good period a half
1: yeah it was uh, pretty great to see and then like we said, they locked it down, and then they added to the lead. They kept attacking, too, which in the past when we had the Hitchcock teams or even other teams, even when you mean, say Mike Yo teams, they always seem to lay back, yep. and they always just kind of let have play, I would say, a cover two. They just, like, come, they just like <laughs> let them come back, and then really they show. hopefully – Yeah, it was like bend but don't break yep. defense that was played. Maybe they play that to a degree now, but they actually were attacking, and Oscar Sunquist gets a nice backhand goal after a really nice play by uh, a little awesome pass by, Steve, by Petrangelo and Steen, so – much as we've been kind of railing on Petrangelo so far, uh, he had made a nice play here off the rush and took a risk, and it wasn't working out. So Sundquist hits a backhand goal. Blues win 4-2. Tie the series. I'll come back to St. Louis. You get the home ice back, if that means anything, uh, in your favor for the rest of the series. So now we're back to a best of five, pretty much. All right. Everybody buckle in. All right. Game, <laughs> game three.
0: <laughs> uh, I was there. I'll just say I was there live. Uh, and I,
1: unfortunately I was supposed to, I was going to go with you, but unfortunately yeah. I had stuff come up. You had, the, uh, you had the chance.
0: I had the yeah. chance and unfortunately I, I, I had, uh, I
1: had some stuff come up that, uh, prevented me from, uh, getting, uh, being able to get there. So. I,
0: I completely uh, understand because, um, I got these tickets from a raffle at work and they dropped to me after six people had to not be able to go. So that's crazy. it was, uh, it was very lucky that I got to go and, you know, I totally understood because you were not the only one by any means that was able to attend this game. uh, Chris was at this game as well. Yep.
1: So early on, the Blues didn't look like they were the first 10 minutes of this period. Let's rewind. First 10 minutes. Great. I mean, they were attacking, had some good pressure. The the shots that the Sharks had were very just from the distance. Nothing really pressuring that much.
0: Yeah. There was nothing dangerous happening here with the Sharks. The blues, yeah. were, the blues were kind of firing on all cylinders and really had sustained pressure, which has been one of the things that they haven't exactly had very consistently this, you know, mm-hmm. playoffs. They come in kind of spurts, but this was yeah. a about half a period, like you said, of just
1: really sustained pressure that was really nice to see. And then, unfortunately, the second half of the period was the exact opposite. So mm-hmm. Eric Carlson gets his first in the playoff, and of course he does, unassisted <laughs> after um, – <laughs> Joel Edmondson gets puck by the net with two sharks on him and throws it around the boards and Pat Maroon's near the end of his shift and he misses it. Yep. Um, and then it goes to Carlson and, and not to get on Pat Maroon. Pat Maroon's not the fleece foot. Andy was near the end of his shift and Carlson moves in, takes a high wrist shot with traffic in front and beats uh, Jordan Bennington for the early, for the goal here, one, nothing. Unfortunately, it doesn't end there. Joe Thornton and his beard scores his yep. third of the playoff. Yeah, you knew you
0: know at some point, point. it was going to happen.
1: That was a shot from the point that to made a nice save on, but uh, the defense kind of didn't pick up Thornton, who was coming off the sideboards, and he puts a backhander in to make an early 2-0 lead, and the Blues go to the end of the first, down two.
0: Yeah, uh, on, the, on the maroon thing, there was something I noticed with him, because, you know, he's a big dude, right? They don't call him big mm-hmm. for, like, no reason, and I think that kind of impl- applies to his speed as well because he's not, a, like, the slowest guy on earth, but he takes a while to get moving yeah he's he's um, not like blazing he,
1: speed but he has he does nhl he has to have some speed you yeah know?
0: but what i did notice specifically just when i was watching him uh when he's on his defensive assignment he tends to get really deep when the puck is on the other side of the ice from him he tends to drift down towards the goal and when it cycles back around to the point man where he's supposed to be there he gets caught way down low and that's why you see those shots consistently coming from that side because he Mm -hmm. seems to me to be getting caught way down a little too deep, like he's cheating, trying to make sure he's covering for the guy in the front of the net. Yeah, He he just can't recover and he doesn't have the recovery speed. And I think that was also part of what happened on that play is he got caught, you know, kind of out of position, drifting down a little bit, and he couldn't make it to the boards, you know, at the end of that shift. And you just saw that, you know, that that's the kind of stuff that the Blues have done that is just fundamental kind of, you know, you got to be disciplined. Uh, to take that the sharks will take advantage of,
1: yeah, and that's what I noticed the kind of the game plan for the sharks at least for most of this time to get shots was get to the point, throw it to the front, get some bodies in front, and disturb Bennington and try to pounce on a rebound. Yeah, that seemed to be kind of the mo for most of the second half of this period. But we get to the second period and early on, great Alexander Steen scores off a rush. Uh, Ivan Barbashev beats Eric Carlson after Carlson uh, had a shot go wide and he couldn't get back in time. So, Steen scores off the rush his second. Unfortunately, it'll last a whopping 18 seconds as Joe Thornton gets his second of the game. And man, they were all over his jock after that. It was just like, man, NBC loved when Joe Thornton scored a Oh, really? See, that's oh, the,
0: this is the best part. So, Jason was at home watching the game. And so, you get like the full NBC experience. And so, I, you know, I didn't, we didn't get to hear any of that stuff. It was, I will say, uh, ridiculous to see in person. Everyone up cheering. Towel Man is going still. Like, we haven't even started the, uh, counting down the goal yet, and the Sharks have already scored.
1: <laughs> yeah, everybody's deflated. That was weird to kind of hear that everybody's excited, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh. God.
0: We are like, yeah, one, great. <laughs> you know? Yeah it,
1: yeah, it was a ridiculous goal, too. It's just, and it, once again, we talked about it, you kind of talked about this, where, like, they're just kind of weird bounces. Like, a shot was wide, it hit behind the net, but the puck pops out to Joe Thornton, who right place, right five. time, you yep. know, beats... Um, Jordan and who's going side to side and just couldn't get over there fast enough. Yep. Um, yeah, it was just, it
0: was incredible to be there. Like, we're all going crazy because he scored this goal. First goal of the period. First goal of the game for the Blues. And in what we can only describe as, like, a very Blues thing. Like, you know, it's just one of those things that Blues fans have come to be like, yep, that's about right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was just one of those things. But, you know, again, they they were able to overcome it. And this Vladimir Tirisenko goal was, like, vintage, pretty, you know, ridiculous. put it on its highlight reel, Vladimir yeah. Tarasenko. It was beautiful to see.
1: Yeah, he's basically had a nice breakout play by Pareko and Shen, and Shen gives it, And then Tarasenko, like, this is some of the speed we haven't seen. He hasn't had this much open space a lot in the playoffs, yeah. and he just turns it on and beats uh Blasik yep. and goes top shelf on uh Martin Jones. We talked about the glove side save percentage, and, yep, that showed there that he beat him pretty easily. And I sent a text out to some uh, some of my friends that said, we got this because Martin Jones is in net. Just keep <laughs> hiring.
0: You well, know? I, think, I think what led to this goal and the speed you saw is something else we haven't seen a ton of from the Blues, which is, and, and it happened pretty consistently for extended periods in this game, were really good passing, really mm-hmm. good breakout passing. Going stick to stick to stick to stick and breaking out, like as we used to say on the blue, that's like how other teams play. Um, yeah. And so you saw, I'm like, you know, it's been a problem and it's super frustrating to me. It's one of my things. Like, fundamental crap drives me insane. Like, being able to pass to your man. Jason will tell you one of my favorite things to do when you get into bad hockey games is for me, like, okay, we're going to go back to the basics. I'm going to see how many, how many passes the Blues can complete in a row and yeah. just start counting. And in this game, they were just doing it you know, shift after shift, just pass, breaking out, doing things that, you know, leads to goals like that because you get your puck in the right spot. It lets your other guy get open and get him to the right spot. And it just, you know, it all falls into place. And it's just nice to see because it hasn't been very consistently done by this Blues team in the playoffs at all.
1: Yeah. And uh, I think there's evidence for we talked about earlier when the when they Blues start, when they get in the zone and they get possession and cycle, it's something that I don't think the Sharks are – built for their defense is very mobile and great offensively but outside of vlasic and maybe justin braun they don't have too many guys that are kind of like bruisers or just guys who can handle that kind of play which they need to do that's why the blues and i think that's why they're successful in the second period they start doing that finally on a consistent basis and this was an often extended uh sequence david Perron gets the puck in i don't know how he fit this in i don't either but he was short side on Martin Jones against his fourth of the playoffs from Frequent Edmondson after a really nice cycling play and Piran is on the left side of the goalie and I mean I thought Jones was over in time and I didn't realize he scored until like everybody started going nuts because I had the TV I, I turned on TV down low because even though they had a uh, McIlhenny over Milbury, it still had to deal with Pierre, Pierre McGuire so I kind of had it <laughs> down lower so I can catch some of the stuff.
0: I will but, say uh, I will say uh, I have thought that Pierre Maguire has been. Fairly down the middle compared to the rest of the whole shenanigans. Yeah, it just—it just early on in like
1: the Winnipeg series when he was super on Winnipeg side, oh, yeah. and then the Dallas series when he was all over like Mira Heiskanen and a couple of the other guys and how great they were. Uh-huh. It just—I—I I, I was out after that, so I, I mean, he could legit be like going down on every Blues player possible, <laughs> and I still be like, "Well, you should be doing more," you know? Uh, like,
0: yeah, he—he—I <laughs> don't know. I heard him on the radio the next day after this game. And he did a great job. I mean, and the guy knows his stuff. You can't say that he doesn't. He did a really good interview with uh, one of the morning shows here and really broke it down and talked about the Blues and what they were doing and things they were doing right and wrong. Um, Talked a little bit about the power play, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, But, no, this David Perron goal is one of those goals you're like, that's why those guys get paid to play hockey because I have no idea how he
1: fit that goal in there at all. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So... It, it, and the thing is, like, it's we talked, uh, I maybe mean, I think me and Chris kind of talked about the last thing where you had to get like the guys like O'Reilly and Perron going, uh, just because those are the guys that they brought in to be here, like, they will carry the team, get Teresinko going. And that's in the last couple games you had veteran scoring. You've had Steen score this game, Teresinko, Perron, and then we're going to talk about the next goal. We had O'Reilly last game, um, or two games ago, excuse me, and then. So you're getting the scoring from the veterans, but you're also still having great play. Like Thomas has been playing really well. Vince mm-hmm. Dunn has been pretty good on the back end. Uh, he's had an off game here and there, but I think he's been really good about moving the puck. Yep. So Blues have a power play here. This is the first of the game. And Aubrey's like, all right, they've changed <laughs> all the pairings up. They've put Pareko on number one, demoted Tranjo to number two, moved Bozak up to number one, did some stuff. The puck gets moved around and, the, and quickly goes out of the zone. And we're like, here we go. You know, just all right. Just don't let them score, right? Because right, right now we're at the point where the Blues are like one for the last 18, but they've let two shorthanded goals in that time. So they're still technically minus one when they have power plays right now in the last 18. That's but unbelievable. That evens up now. David Perron takes a shot from the point after some nice movement by Pareko Maroon hits off uh, Justin Braun's shin pad. Which is I was I was very surprised this went in, but when you saw the replay, it hit Justin Bros inside of his shin pad, and it changed direction pretty dramatically. Yeah. It goes in past Martin Jones. And like this period, I'm like, keep firing. Because Martin yeah. Jones is not feeling it tonight. Yeah. And this is the game where you just keep going. And I was unfortunately wrong when it comes to the third period. So the Blues take the lead four to three. One of the best periods of the playoffs for the Blues, maybe the entire playoffs, just considering how the back and forth. I mean, the Sharks had a couple chances here, but The Blues locked it down, played really well, got the goals, have that confidence going to third period, and for 18 and a half minutes, (laughs) they played really well.
0: As we like to say, you were doing real good
1: right up until you weren't doing real good. And we'll we'll talk about everything, lots of sequence of events that start right here. Mm. Um, So the goalies pulled about three minutes left. Uh, Blues get the puck once, Petrangelo ices it. Almost immediately. Yep. The Blues going to face off again. The ices it again. If I watch this the second I watch this again. If you look on the left-hand side, well, rewind before all this happens. The Blues break out before the first icing. Schwartz has a chance at the empty net. He has a guy on him, but he has a chance to empty net. It hits oh kind God. of like the outside of the net, the post area. And I like, I like collapse on the floor. Uh-huh. I'm like, why can't you just hit that? I mean, Jesus Christ! Like, if they hit that, like it's over. And my wife's like, "What's wrong?" Like, they're still winning, and the puck's in the other end, and they have the goalie pulled. I'm like, I just want because that ended it. That would have been like, yep. end of the game. Like yep. nobody cares. Like I mean, that would have been like over, over. Yep. And, and you know, but also, I, I, didn't also, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. I didn't even think it. Honestly, that this that was that sharks would tie it here. I never even thought that. But I'm like, God, it would just make you feel better that it's like that's you. Know, that's like locking it down, game over type stuff.
0: Yeah, but uh, to be to be fair uh schwartz was not alone in his missing of open nets or oh, I really you know uh you know c- circumstances where you should have put a goal in uh i think shin i think had one Shen,
1: Shen and both had really good chances during this like i said i said martin jones was really bad in the second had 15 saves uh in overtime and the third period and okay. i would say seven of them were really good scoring chances at the blues uh had off of some really great passing. I guess the blues played really well. They just not knocked, knocked a goal in. They did there everything. Be talk be cool. about this, pretty much. So. Petrangelo ice it once. The second time he ices it, he had Steen streaking by himself on the left side of the ice with no defenseman over there. He could have passed to the Steen and Steen could have carried it out of the zone before he faced any pressure and had at least a decent shot at the net compared to what Petrangelo had. But Petrangelo ice. The, iced it
0: the, empty, net. the empty net. The empty net. The empty net.
1: And Petrangelo ices again and misses, not barely, but misses pretty wide. And icing happens again. So, mind you, they have to keep everybody out there. Um, And during this assignment, Lone Chort really hasn't been a factor in this game. Uh, Colton Braco has pretty much locked him down. So, goalie's pulled. Unfortunately, San Jose wins the draw, gets it back to the point, and gets it to the side. They throw it to the front of the net, and Bo Meester – And Petrangelo can't tie up the two men up front. And Logan Tour is able to knock it just past Jordan Vincent's pad with about a minute left. Petrangelo gets his his league-leading 14th goal. They tie it up. That sucks. And just, like, heart just sank. And I, all right, Chris texted me after this. And he, Chris, I, Chris is a prediction after this happened. He said, whoever wins this game is going to win the series. He's like, it's a momentum thing for him. He said, like, I don't care what you say like it's huge now due to what that just happened Like you need to win in overtime now to steal this one back and keep home ice and go forward. Yeah. I don't, I said, I think it's a very important to win obviously, but I was like, man, this team's been down a lot. Like I don't, it's not even a weird confidence thing. It's like, I'm just not, I mean, it's going to be stupid now, but I'm not, not nervous. No, you know? like it's one of those things where you're not having that sinking feeling. Like I had in 2016 when, um, uh, The Blues lost game five. Like, I knew it was over the next game. Right. I just knew, like, they're not coming back to St. Louis. You know, like,
0: you can can tell the mindset of the fans and the team has shifted when we don't get nervous after a 6 3 loss in the game one.
1: Yeah. You know, where you thought it was going to be downhill, and, you know, the Blues, like, uh, this played really well. So, couture ties it, goes overtime. Okay. Buckle in. (laughs) So. Gustav Nyquist keeps it in, gets it into the zone and gets it to uh, Timo Meyer, who's coming in and is falling down and a stick check by Braden Shin and Colton Pareko. Colton Pareko tries to clear it, and Timo Meyer swipes at it in the puck, pops up in the air as Pareko is going by Meyer, who is sliding towards the left side of Bennington, the right side of the ice. You can obviously see he, the puck goes across to the other side of the ice. And Meyer had his – he was pretty much – had his uh, stick on the ground and the puck was yeah. in the air. So how could he possibly do that?
0: Meyer is on the ice, two knees on – like down on his yeah. knees on the ice. His his stick is in front of him, like basically you know pinned under his leg. Yeah. And he swipes at it. And I will say that live, I couldn't tell because we were behind – like we were facing his back from on the corner yeah. we were in. Yeah, oh, and yeah. Him, I mean, that's – and then even when they were showing the replays in the the arena it was still hard to tell like you could tell that the puck had moved towards you know that puck obviously changed direction and went to the other guy who passed it to Carlson but you couldn't i couldn't tell honestly to be able to like you know definitively say that he actually touched it, it, it to me it looked like it might have been one of those things where the puck popped up and he swiped at it and then it hit something else and you know rolled over to the other guy i just couldn't tell from the angles that's why i texted you as soon as i got outside and was like is this a hand pass
1: for 100% sure? And you were like, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And so he bats it over to Nyquist, who if you're watching the replay again, hesitates because he knows it's a hand pass. You can tell he hesitates and he barely like doesn't because right there, he was by himself in front of the net. Yeah. There's no reason for him to like not shoot, I guess, you know, like it's just one of those things where I'm like, man, I would think 99% of players would have shot that puck. Yeah. Because they had nobody in front of him. I mean Bennington was there, but I mean I think he's still a very good scoring chance. Pass it to Carlson, who buries the puck, passes sliding uh Jordan Bennington. and that's the end of the game. The Blues immediately Jordan Bennington immediately throws his hand up and is yelling at the ref. And the ref is pointing towards the goal, and he's like, Listen, man, like that is a like hand pass, and a couple other players come over and are saying hand pass. The referees confer and i watched this like it killed me but i watched this a couple of times when the refs get together one of the lines of them which i don't know which one you can see him do the hand pass gesture that's used for when they call it during a game mm-hmm. and you know all the rest you they don't make any hand head or motions or else so i couldn't tell what they were saying but they literally are skating and also they just start skating towards the uh and other end of the ice, where the referee's leaving, and, just, yep. and the referee points to the ice and just starts skating, like yeah. not fast, but starts skating. Right. And Vinten
0: loses uh, it. It was incredible. So live, like being there, it was just crazy because, like, you're just all on the edge of your seats because they they basically go over and confer because I, I think the official uh, telling of the way it happened was the Blues called for a review,
1: and, and unfortunately, it, it's a non-reviewable play. Yes, yeah,
0: so and that rules get into that part of it in a minute but so you know bennington is screaming at the officials the entire time and so they go over to kind of the middle of the ice to confer like jason said and normally when that occurs and they're having a controversy about a goal the ref will signal like definitively like goal like they normally do when a team scores a goal all this guy did (laughs) he turned around like barely stuck his hand his arm out pointed to the (laughs) center ice and they started skating to the corner and people mm-hmm. lost their minds and jordan bennington lost his mind i've never seen a player follow the officials off the
1: ice yeah three players table. it was they were
0: still talking still mm-hmm. screaming at them and they were st- I, I couldn't believe that they even like entertained him like for that long like i couldn't believe that they got to the other end and just didn't take off like the yeah. fact that they even turned around and like communicated with them was kind of amazing to me but he was followed them all the way to the corner where they go out for the, to go to the locker room, and then shortly after that, uh, Braden Shin
1: disposed of his stick quite
0: uh, heartily yeah. against yeah. the opponent.
1: He slashed the glass that was like three or four, three or four panes away from the ref, and the ref just turns and looks, and had this look on his face like, "Uh oh." Yeah. You can tell he was like something was up, and they got off the ice. So I'll quickly, we're going to go over multiple things here. So, first off, the official rule out of the NHL handbook for 2018-2019, rule 79.1, hand pass. A player shall be permitted to stop or, quote, bat a puck in the air with his open hand or push it along the ice with his hand, and the play shall not be stopped unless, in the opinion of the on-ice officials, he has directed the puck to a teammate or has allowed his team to gain an advantage or, subsequently, possession, and control of the puck obtained by a player or offending team, either directly or deflected off any player or official. The play shall be permitted to catch the puck. And this is just catching the puck and blah, blah, That's catching the puck and skating it. So basically, if you back the puck to gain an advantage, it's a hand pass. Yeah. Plain and simple. This was textbook. This was like
0: a no doubter. Um, There's
1: numerous things that came out of this. So. What was the obviously? I'm pretty much probably know the answer here, but what was the mood like after this happened? Because obviously, fans were throwing crap on the ice, which, mind you, oh, was bad. I'm never, never like never a fan of fans doing that, right? I understand the anger here. Don't get me I will wrong. Say, me.
0: I will say, there was a little humor in the um, I forget the you know, the guy's name is the announcer, like the in arena announcer, um,
1: Tom Calhoun.
0: Yeah, so he, as soon as the people started throwing stuff on the ice, he was like, please do not throw things on the ice. It is the only ice that we have at the enterprise. Center. <laughs> so he <laughs> threw a little humor out there. I think uh, trying Try to, to have it it a little yeah. bit, but no, dude, it was um, hostile. I would say is a an apt term. Uh, we were, you know, we took the steps down, and people were just losing their minds. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I heard a lot of curse words in a lot of ways, and I heard them all on mm-hmm. the stairwell down to the street and it would be scared to, if I was wearing a
1: shark's jersey
0: uh I only saw a couple people wearing a shark's jersey you know to the credit of the blues fans that you know the sharks while they scored were not the scapegoats here um I so I think the sharks fans probably escaped a little easier than they would have just in a normal you know victory um so yeah it was intense and angry and just like palpable rage I, I walked out, and I, you know, I'm a pretty even keeled dude, and still at that point, I hadn't texted you yet because I was like, okay, I really couldn't tell because the TV's got more angles than what we got on the jumbotron, and so I was like, okay, I need to, you know, fully vet this out before I get my rage on. But even now, I was like, hey, let's do that thing. What do we do that thing where we tip a car over? You think we could do that? <laughs> my buddy Mike's like, we're not doing. that. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, yeah, it was uh, anger just rage and anger people were
1: just couldn't even believe it so i'm pretty sure there's a lot of things that came out of the side try to try to do a timeline here of everything that happened after this so per different sources so those ones for luke korak so gm doug armstrong slammed his hand on the official's door and yelled uh we'll say it just because you know i don't care he said it's fucking garbage yeah yeah like and slammed his hand into the door yeah, that, referees, that I read that today. That's incredible to me. Yeah, the uh, referees are uh, officially done for the playoffs.
0: Really? Okay, They're, I did not hear that
1: yet. That's all the, li- the two linesmen and the referee. So mind you, this is two sets of officially officiating crews that the San Jose Sharks have gotten fired from the playoffs. Wow. They uh, that crew that in the Game Seven call for the uh, Vegas series that they had the five minute power play. Uh-huh. They, they came back and won. That officiating crew was no, was taken off the playoff loop, and now this officiating crew has been taken off. mind you, and they're talking two guys who officiated NHL finals into in the last like five or six years.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the important things to note that probably you know contributed to this is and something that I don't know if a lot of people know is there's four officials on the ice. there's two referees and two linesmen, and there's some calls that only the referees can make. In this particular instance, hand pass is a call that everybody everybody can make. So four people on the ice missed this entire call and did not make it. So you're not talking about like the two refs just weren't in position. And also I heard today, and I've not been able to confirm this, but that uh, somebody went back and watched just to see, you know, what position the refs and the linesmen were in and that, you know, two of them were easily out of position and not where they should have been uh, in that part of the game. So
1: The ref that was behind the, the Blues, like, net, had a decent view, but when the puck when they first got batted, but the other ref was out of position, the linesman was not even looking at the play <laughs> another linesman that's what I'm just what people have said um so yeah so the so a couple more things have happened here so and so real quick so the bottom line
0: of this is it's not that they missed it clearly. But mm-hmm. there was literally nothing they could do about it. It was a non-reviewable play, which was the NHL's official statement, like that evening. Uh, and pretty much the only thing they've said is it's a non-reviewable play. Uh, they, I think, they know that the obviously they know if they took them off the playoff loop that the officials screwed up. But to the officials' defense, which little, you know, what little there is is they couldn't review it. You know, they didn't have that option. There's literally nothing they could do other than get together and decide if one of them saw it, which nobody did. No
1: one said definitively. They, they, and the thing is, there's no way to know what the refs can say because they don't do interviews. They have no idea what they – you can't say what they saw. And the other thing about this, the NHL, like social media, did not put this goal out for over 40 minutes after the game. Mm-hmm. So, And when they did, conveniently cut it but after but – like the hand pass happened, they cut it after that. So yeah. then that's when the goal, like when Nyquist passed the puck to Carlson, that's what they showed outside yeah. of the full clip. If you look at the gifts they put out, it's that part of it. They didn't cut the hand pass out, which is, to me, it's basically saying, yeah, we screwed up. Like, like we're trying to sidestep this. Yeah. And how many controversies is the league going to have to go through? <laughs> and unfortunately, there's nothing they could do about this. Game's not going to get replayed. Nothing's going to happen. People are going to talk about during the game and San Jose Sharks fans today, which are in last night said, well, remember Perron shot that puck out of play and it didn't hit anything and it should have been a delayed game. And he wouldn't have been on the ice to score that third goal. Okay, cool, man. Take that away. Uh, let's take away Couture's goal because you wouldn't have pulled the goal that we try to uh, tie the game and take away the overtime goal because he wouldn't have gotten that far. Okay, let's go back and play the game starting there at 3-3 then.
0: I mean, none you of know, it, you can't you can't go back in time and shift everything around. You have no yeah, idea. So th- right? I mean, like
1: what happened with Perron, Did that directly lead to a goal? That happened minutes later, where the Blues had sustained pressure. Right. So it's not like, th- and this is the outcome of a like your final four. Yeah, what happens? If this is basketball. Like you're looking at, You're talking about like maybe the NCAA, where that's like you know their big pinnacle event, and they had something big happen. I mean, how many eyes are on this? This is where casual hockey fans are watching this game because this is the only game that's on yeah this, this is where the
0: this is where the nhl fails all the time yeah. which is to bring in the casual you know fairweather fan that's out there only watching maybe because they turned it on and it was there or they yeah. heard that it was cool um yeah, it's, and i was like
1: so yeah. god i couldn't it's, i couldn't like go to sleep after this because i was just like dumbfounded pissed shocked sad because like and the thing that killed me was Eric Carlson after the game. He's like, well, we deserve to win that game. No, you didn't. <laughs> Blues were also down to five defensemen for most of this game. Oh, uh, we didn't even talk about that, did we? Oh No, my just, God. I just want to say Vince Duggan's hit in the face of the puck. and like,
0: Dude, I saw this happen. Hard like, I was watching it, like, and I actually saw it when he shot it and hit him,
1: and I was like, oh, that was bad. And he went down and kind of and got to the bench. Did you see what happened when he got to the okay, bench?
0: Okay, so I'll give you the full – because we had a pretty good angle because we were kind of in the corner, so we got a really good view of the ice. So he takes us, you know – and it wasn't a full, like, slapper. It wasn't a Pareko shot to the it face. Guy, it, yeah. it was a good shot. And hit him in the head. Uh, it looked to me like it hit him in the face. I can't confirm that, but it looked it like hit it him in the the jaw, hit him in the jaw area. And so he immediately just throws all his stuff off and starts skating towards the bench. And so they open the gate to the bench – and he collapses, collapses into the bench. And I've never seen that before. And so uh, that was something that I was like, oh, this is really bad <laughs> because, you know, it's bad enough taking a puck to the face anyway. But you've seen guys take sticks to the face, pucks to the face and like skate off and they'll go real quick down the tunnel. This was
1: like a full on collapse. Into yeah, and the he game. had two guys helping him back because he, like, yeah. he lost like he lost use of his legs
0: yeah it was not pretty it was really scary to see a guy do that because you know hockey players are known for being you know ridiculously tough kind of to a fault um so to see a guy you know get hit like that in the face to begin with you're just already like oh my god that i can't even imagine like i would never recover from that ever and i'd stop playing
1: hockey (laughs) yeah uh, he's officially day-to-day i expect with an upper body injury (laughs) yeah of course yeah obviously and uh, I expect Carl Gunnarsson to be back in. He is fully healthy it's after yep. he got hurt and Portuzo replaced him. So I expect Gunnarsson to be back in, who was playing pretty well, honestly, in the last in the Dallas series. So, I agree. Uh, so I mean, Dunn I thought was playing well too. So hopefully Gunnarsson can come in and uh, be a steady influence and continue. Like I said, it's good that the Blues have seven solid defensemen that can yep. come in and do the job.
0: And, I, I I agree with you on uh, Gunnarsson, who I've not necessarily been the biggest fan of, just his game overall um it just seems to be this kind of wishy-washy kind of guy that sort of does offense but sort of does the defense kind of you know um doesn't really have a you know defined personality I'd say for lack of a better term um but in the Dallas you know series he really stepped it up I thought and made some really good plays and was really out there you know kind of making his presence felt so uh you know that that doesn't necessarily worry me I think you lose a little bit of speed because I think Dunn's got that kind of uh, edge to him, you know, smaller yeah. guy, and he seems tends to fly around the ice a little more. And I don't think you're going to get that from Gunnarsson, obviously. But, um, you know, I'm not, uh, right now on the, you know, I'm worried about Carl Gunnarsson playing at all.
1: Yeah. Which is interesting to say after like some stuff previous stuff previous years. Yeah. Uh, so Jeremy Rutherford was got to be the pool reporter, and he got to talk to Kay Whitmore, who was the like the, uh, basically the officiating crews, I guess, boss for the right. series, you know, um, Oh, man. And this is where I also lost it. So it is basically the, he's basically representing the NHL at this point. Mm-hmm. So first the question was from Jeremy Rutherford. Uh, was it a hand pass? And Kate Woodworth's response, it's a non-reviewable replay. I lost it.
0: I yeah, lost it yeah. online,
1: and I just like almost threw my phone, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah,
0: that was their literal, that was the first official statement from anyone in the NHL was that statement. And i, I got to be honest, you know, anything they say this is not going
1: to matter. You it's know. true. And that's one of the things where like, that's the th- My thing is like, you know what happened and yeah. that's the response. And that's what killed me about it. And let's just go into like the couple of- he only had four questions answered, which is still amazing to me. Is did any of the officials see it? Was it Rutherford asked Whitmore? It's not a reviewable replay. It's not a reviewable. It's a non-reviewable play. There we go. <laughs> you can, you can read between the lines. You can figure out what you want. You watch the video, but it's a non, non-reviewable play. I know it sounds like a cop out answer, but that's the truth. Okay, let me stop you there. That's the
0: worst answer to that question that you mm-hmm. could possibly give if Don't you Don't say it's answer. a cop out answer,
1: which makes it even worse.
0: Yeah, the fact that he included the phrase you can, what was it? You can you can
1: consider it, it's I know it sounds like a cop out answer, but that's the truth.
0: No, the first part where he said you can the w- read it again. Read between the lines. Read between the lines. No, sorry. That should not be even remotely in involved in this statement. If anything, you need to have something that's, you know, a non-answer as opposed to you can read between the lines because that just sounds like you are dodging the question. You know, and it's just ridiculous for that to be like the second thing that the, anybody says about this. That's an official with the NHL that just
1: lends more credence to what people think about this league. Yeah, so it's, uh, and basically the rest is just basically him saying like, did they ask have to review it? He's like, he's like, you already answered your question. The rules are written that way. And any chance to review. Everything is reviewed. That's reviewable. That's what he said. Quote, unquote. Uh, The last thing we asked, should this be a reviewable play? And Whitmore's response. There's a group of people, GMs that will make that decision at some point. Yeah. I think you're going to see a lot of rule changes with all the controversies. This, uh, um, playoffs. I think you're going to see a lot of changes. To rules, and I don't know what they're going to be, but I expect replay to be very uh, expanded. There's no reason why an overtime goal, no matter what happens, should not be reviewed. I don't care if it... And my thing is, I always try to look at this in my viewpoint every time I look at something that's questionable, that happens to the Blues. I always flip it around. If the Blues did that, would I say that's an acceptable goal? And I'm being 100% honest, and maybe this you know, I'll say it's a cop-out answer, whatever you want to say. Um, I think I would be like, yeah, we just got, we screwed them. Like, if that happened, no, now, if we sure. were the ones having us at the other end, I'd be like, yeah, we yeah. stole that game.
0: No, we, we'd take it, but yeah, no. That's, that's pretty
1: much what some Sharks of fans. There's a lot, of I would say 90% of Sharks fans online pretty much have said that. Like, people were saying, well, it got bad and it hit Bow Shin Pad. Mm-hmm. Well, part of, part of your rule is if it, even if it did hit a Shin Pad, for it to now be a, a not a dead puck. For the other team to touch, we have to have control of it, not yeah. just hitting a player. Yeah, it no, has to be controlled, you know, sustained possession. To me,
0: to me, this is an easy fix. Um, especially now that the NFL has kind of shockingly gotten this part of their replay system right, which is every scoring play is reviewed, and yeah. it takes. I mean, you're a fantasy football guy, so you watch football, and I'm a football guy. It's it not added a noticeable amount of time to the game. There'll be maybe be one or two every a few games where it'll take a little extra time for them to line up because they're reviewing the play, but it you know, it also settles you down, and you know that you know they reviewed it, so it's legal, and yeah. that's the fix here. Every goal just needs to be able to be reviewed either by Toronto or by somebody that they put in every game that's an NHL official that looks at it, make sure that nothing like that occurred and to make sure that everything else is legal with the goal. And I think that could just, you know, solve this problem.
1: Yeah, I I think it make it even simpler, just say every overtime goal is reviewed, no matter what. I mean that made it simple right there. That's you know, and then you can that's not expanding replay for the people who don't want to replay expand it anymore. But yet it's covering your most critical time right of the game.
0: I think if you only do it in overtime, I think you run the risk of uh, being another thing that the NHL is known for, which is this is how we do it half the time. And then we change it and do it this way. The other part. Nah, that's true. You know, yeah, but there's
1: some kind of change. I think review needs to be, I think like you said, I think the scoring play is not a bad idea. I don't think it adds a ton. No, I think it's rather be safe than sorry type at this point. Cause that now you're having people, the narrative is getting written pretty quickly about the sharks. Now that they've had three calls in three different series to yep. help them win games. Yep, they and, definitely benefited, and it's and not a good you,
0: look for the league at
1: all. Yeah, it makes it look really bad, and especially when they're pushing the Joe Thornton uh, angle out there mm, quite a bit. Yep. Uh, I think that's something that uh, they need to really look into, and I think definitely the GMs will look into that. Two more quotes before we wrap it up on this yep. game. Um, Rube, after the game, very simply, no explanation. I got nothing to say about it, and he literally just had maybe a three-minute press conference and was done. He just didn't say much and was out of there. Uh, Petrangelo spoke after the game. They asked about the goal immediately. He said, I really didn't get an explanation other than, I guess there's a different set of rules for two different teams. So I'm sure they'll lose some sleep tonight after looking at it. And that's all I'm going to say about it. And most of the Blues, I'll be honest, man. Perron was really good about it. Um, I think that was the only blue that spoke that night. He pretty much said, it was an pass, but you know what? Now we have to focus on game four, winning game four. And that was pretty much the narrative today even when i had shen tarasenko and bo meester speak they asked him you know jay bo meester doing a press conference was great by the way i highly suggest you guys checking that out it's like seven minutes out of your time which is great for him to like and he was the main person who got asked a lot of questions which i thought really? was funny yeah <laughs> and, and he just sounded like he's not like fun bobby too from friends just like and he just pretty much was just like I don't pay attention to where officials stand in the if somebody asked about the officials uh positioning and he's like I don't pay attention, I play hockey is what he said. Like he's like, exactly. which is great. What do you so, want him to
0: do? Like he's supposed to be out there going, No, you're supposed to be over there. He's got enough crap to worry about. Come on.
1: Yeah. So so we're here we are. Blues are down, two to one the series, going to game four, which will be uh on Friday the seventeenth. And uh it's definitely a must-win now. I, I unfortunately I, I wanted the Blues to win one or both of these, so, and they still have a chance. And if they play like they played this night from the second period on, they're going to win this. Yeah, uh, um, no,
0: yeah, my opinion stands that I do not feel intimidated by the Sharks by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I don't feel like the Sharks have, for the vast majority of their goals and the opportunities that they've done. Uh, have created themselves. I think they've, you know, they've taken advantage of them, which is kudos to them because I think they're a very talented team. But I think the Blues and the defensive system they play and the way they've locked it down, uh, they make their own mistakes and that's what's causing, you know, most of their troubles. And so I look at this and, you know, I'm not scared, which, again, I've said this a million times, but I think it's for a franchise like this. In past years, this has not been the case um with the way that kind of loss that kind of thing it's a snowball effect uh now i just feel like this team is mentally tough that they you know will come back and you know my thing is they can't let this define the series it can be a footnote to the series that cannot be the defining thing about this series and that's the only way they're going to win this series is if they put it behind them it's a thing that happened we moved on from it and just go and kick some shark's ass
1: that's pretty much what a lot of the Blues said uh, yesterday, at least some of them after the Petrangelo thing. That's pretty much what he said after that. And the Perron said that. Um, a couple other guys said that. So I think the Blues, I think that's what Brube said as well. He's like, it's time to move on. Like, we have to do something to – now we're down 2-1. to one, Now we need to win game four and then go to San Jose and win that game. And that's pretty much what the response – and I love that response. And I kind of think it's might be so weirdly good for the, team, the Blues because of what happened. Now you have this camaraderie, which is already pretty tight knit. Now you have this like us against them mentality. Yeah, it's a motivator. Yeah, where it's like, well, if they're going to screw us over, we're going to go out and put five, we're going to put 10 goals up on them now. So they can't, that can't happen. We're going to lock it down and we're going to shut them out and we're going to do this and this and this. So I think that's weirdly like you said, I hope it's just one to be in a footnote in the series compared to the main thing that happens. Right. In the past blues teams have just collapsed. So yeah. I'm very interested to see how this game four turns out tomorrow night. Um, uh, the 17th. I think it's, uh, something that is at home. I think the blues can, I still believe the I call it the blues in six. I think me and Chris both said that and that it's setting up that way. So I wow. hope that happens. A lot of people said this game is going, this series is going six or seven, one way or another. Yeah. Um, I, I truly believe it's going to go six. I think the Blues can take it. I still do. It's not like one of those things where this – it literally cr- kind of crushed me that night. And after, like, today, I was kind of like, you know what? F them. Like, yep. time to move on, win this series, and let's uh, – well, who knows who we're facing. As of right now, we'll do a score update. Yeah, what's um, going on in that series? It was one uh I saw Pasternak scored in a power play in the second period. Let's Did you have a uh, Duncan coffee? Oh, and it looks like the Blues will be playing the Boston Bruins if they get to the Santa Cup Finals. Three-nothing Bruins Man. with about two and a half minutes left in the period. All right. Third period. So Bruins are on sweeping Carolina, which I didn't – I told you my – I said my heart says Carolina, but I thought the Bruins pretty much were going to win that series. Yeah. Uh, fortunately Carolina's magic ran out. So <laughs> hell of a story there. Yeah. Um, so I think right now, man, you got the Blues left. Is I, that's why I'm kind of surprised that blue, that narrative. Now it's like they now we're the Cinderella team. I think you know, yeah. last place, time for us to. So I think we could be the team everybody gets behind. We have the Gloria song that it's been catching, you know, you know, weirdly on to everything. Like mm-hmm. you know, I think it was number 32 or 36 on the yeah. on iTunes charts this yeah. week, which is insane. Moving up the charts. Um, the thing that still kills me at uh some. Fans still were like, "Man, I hope she comes and sings that at a game." Uh, come and, on, uh, she's a well, uh, Chris likes to say, "Hella dead." Yeah, so um, not been around for a little while, like fifteen, yeah. like fifteen, fifteen, 15 years. fifteen years or something like that. So, anyway, all right, let's wrap it up there. So, uh, hopefully, they take the series. I still think, I still firmly believe, by next time we come at you, we'll be talking about uh, hopefully a Blues series win because I still think they're in it despite what happened in game three, I think it's going to be a rallying cry. And I think they can uh, do so. I think they can uh, take it. So I
0: will say this, Jason to uh, not me, just to acknowledge the reality. You are a little Johnny blue skies when it comes to the blues, I will say. And kind mm-hmm. of in life you're that you're the optimist. You try to be the optimist. I do. Um, you know, Chris definitely plays the other side of that. Chris is a little all over the place. We'll say, um, but Chris is definitely the sky is falling fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of play both sides depending on where we're at. Uh, and again, with this team, uh, I'm not, I'm, I, I kind of in your mindset, I think this galvanizes this team and gives them a rallying point um, and something to really, you know, forge around even more of a bond with this team and really pushes them through. I think, I think they win the next three and they take it in six. So that's,
1: yeah, what, that, that's what I
0: think. There's your prediction.
1: So I think uh, I, I think it's still high. If they play like they did from the second period, so the rest of that game, they will win. Cause you look at that, they were, they outscored them. If you don't count to overtime goal. And then the live the goal was at the last minute with the guy pulled mm-hmm. it's four. That's four to one. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you include the third period goal, I'll include for hell, but four to two, that's a, that's still a win. So you just oh, do we're that and I think you'll be good. So we'll see what happens. Yep. So
0: uh Craig Brewbe for president. That sound you hear is the Brinks truck that's backing up to his front line uh, right now. He was
1: pretty much confirmed by Doug Armstrong that their coaching search is a search of one right now. So pretty much yep. after this after the season you're gonna see Craig Brubay installed as the uh I will, Man, the say, permanent head coach.
0: I will say it's the smartest move that he could do. And I know like the narrative that he's giving is that he didn't want it to affect anything during the season and didn't want to have to think about it, which is great. I totally agree that you don't want to have to sit there trying to resurrect this team from, you know, the bottom literally uh, into a playoff team while also trying to negotiate a contract. Um, but I also think for him, it's like the farther he gets, the better it is for him. There's he's in a no lose situation. If they lose, he's like, okay, we we'll to some beer in the first place, and look what I did. The farther they get, the bigger that check gets. So you know, and I don't think you know. I think Armstrong and Stillman are happy to write that check because mm-hmm. I think this team is unlike any Blues team that I've you know seen in recent years as far as mental toughness, the ability to bounce back, which is something that we haven't had in a long
1: time. So give them all the all the dollars. All Correct. The- so the, uh, the there are two things to wrap it up before – two more things before you officially wrap it up. So Blues are having a watch party for game five at yes. San Jose, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, you buy a ticket as general seating, and they're going to have, like, all the game kind of activities go on, while the game's on the uh, – whatever they call it, Jumbotron or whatever mm-hmm. they call it, Um, which is kind of cool. And you pay $10 a ticket, and the money goes to uh, Blues for Kids, Blues Kids, whatever you, they call we, we it. Do you know their. how much the tickets are? Ten dollars, ten bucks. Oh, that's not bad at all. And for and those of you,
0: if you haven't been to a game since the Jumbotron, whatever we want to call it, yeah, what it's called, Ava, it's I think like, it's officially
1: called, but yeah, Go it's ahead.
0: real. Like it's yeah. awesome. It's, yeah, it's huge, and yeah. you know, you hear people say that, and you're like, okay, it's huge. But no, it's, I mean, it's not like Jerry World, Chaos Cowboys, huge, but it's yeah, big. You know? Yeah, so yeah, it definitely would be a cool time, especially for ten bucks for going yeah. to charity. That would, it's killer
1: yeah, It goes to charity which is great And also the concessions are marked down too They're like pretty cheap Not like the Atlanta Falcons cheap or whatever But, <laughs> cheap, but like you know I think for a burger and fries they're price. charging like 7 bucks Or something like that which is right. not bad um, So the last thing is Which we always talked about Everybody loves to get Doug Armstrong crap But once yeah, he I, is, I will
0: say that I was driving I was driving That bus by the way Driving Oh yeah, You, were, uh, you were down on Armstrong for quite life. a bit
1: and uh, Armstrong is one of the three finalists for GM of the year that was announced uh, today, the May 16th. So him, uh, Doug Waddell, Waddell from Carolina, and then uh, Boston's GM. So basically three teams that are in the conference finals have GMs in that are in the finals. So Armstrong joins Berube, who was the finalist for Jack Adams, Vinnington, who's the finalist for Calder, O'Reilly, who's the finalist for the Selkie and Lady Bing, so this is the first time in quite some time where we've had like multiple people be finalists for awards. Will they win them? I don't necessarily know. I think the best chance might be Berube and Armstrong. Honestly, I don't think yep. Bennington's played enough, and and uh, the Selkie one maybe maybe O'Reilly in an upset, maybe the the Lady Bing. I don't think he's going to win either. So we'll see. But yeah, so it's kind of cool to see that happen.
0: I agree, and I you know I'll I'll you know I'll eat my hat a little bit with the Armstrong thing. Um, I, but I think more than anything, it was the coaching choice and I, you know, he put the players together, but I think you've seen over the years, we've never necessarily lacked for the players usually if you had the right ownership in place. And so I think he, it shows you in the NHL specifically, like how important coaching and system is. And I think getting, you know, brew in there and really a, him being a kind of authoritarian, coach like a big presence i don't know that he's necessarily like screaming all day long but he's definitely presents himself and you know is a bigger guy and just overall presents himself with authority which is given this locker room i think exactly what this team needed and it's showing in the way they're playing
1: yep so uh, they have a good chance to uh, bring up some hardware and hopefully uh, add it on to maybe some other uh, hardware that the blues will win in the coming weeks here so Officially now we'll wrap it up. So if you get a hold of us on Twitter, it's at Blues Hockey NHL. Also check us out on Facebook and Instagram, which is Blues Hockey Podcast. Real easy to find. And let's see what else do we got here. Oh, the website is blueshockeypodcast.net and.com. and com. And subscribe. Yes, subscribe at your podcast directories. That would be Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Spotify. And I uh, slowly working and get these up on YouTube as best I can. So a uh, little behind on the YouTube, I'll be honest, but most of we're getting most of them up there. So uh, also lastly, we also have our Instagram. We're leaving that contest open. As long as the blues are in the playoffs, I'm leaving the contest open where you can win a blues hockey podcast shirt and a pair of glasses. It's just go to our Instagram page. It's pinned to the top um, and enter to win. So good stuff there. So, once again, uh, Justin, thanks for coming on. We went a little bit longer than uh, we normally do, but I think we had a lot right. to talk about. No, no, we had a lot to talk about. I mean, uh, for only three games, uh, quite a bit has happened. Yes. In this series, and I expect uh, there will be quite a bit more to happen. I think we're going to have a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff to come and a lot of uh, nervous times as well. I get nervous no matter what, it's unfortunately. Players, right? yeah, so I think uh, – Blue's got some important games coming up and uh if anybody is i will be down at the uh watch party thing that they're having so the game five I got tickets uh nice. to take the fam take the fam down so anybody's coming down say hi uh hit us up on twitter and then it might do a meet up at the beer garden so uh once again justin thanks for coming on uh, anytime man it is a great time all right so good stuff we're wrapped up there and uh we'll talk to you guys next week nervous look, ner- look nervous is your, your answer answer your answer, your answer. Your answer.